ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Chris and Andre Show. Welcome to episode 38 of the Chris and Andre Show. I'm Andre. And I'm Chris. Man, it's been a whirlwind of a week, bro. (laughs) We were just talking about like... (laughs) It's been a week and all the things that have happened in, in this past week. I recorded all of that, so I may just play the whole thing in. Like that may be our intro. It's just like it'll just kind of like fade in slowly as the music <laughs> fades out to us just like ranting about this past week and everything that has managed to go on. Um yeah, I even like as we were getting ready to jump into it, we're sitting there talking about it being episode 38 and I was trying to think of like what is my silly thing that I'm going to say when Andre's like it's episode 38. Uh and it was going to be I feel like I I I was very proud of myself for coming up with this on the fly, but it was uh some reference to, you know, hold on loosely, uh but don't let go if you squeeze too tight cuz 38 special, right? uh wow yeah i mean what i my classic rock roots are showing a little bit um i don't i don't i don't endorse a lot of southern rock uh for the most part in fact i even like leonard skinnard off my list um yeah you want to hear something not funny what's that (laughs) It's time for politics. <laughs> so, uh, this last weekend, um, my daughter and I took a trip down to the beach. Uh, had a little daddy daughter getaway. My parents, who have their house down there, were up in Philadelphia visiting my sister. Shout out to Katie. Uh, happy birthday. Happy. 25th birthday i'll take some years off there for you just 25 no she's not 25 she's like she's not that much younger than me but i don't want to call her out on in on i mean national media international media really i mean brussels is blowing us up we got the ukraine vladimir putin's a big fan he doesn't like what we say about trump but he laughs at it um (laughs) No, but seriously, happy birthday to my sister. Um, happy 25th birthday. <laughs> I don't even remember where I was going with this now, but. I mean, it's your story. No, I know. That's what I'm saying. I don't remember what story I was telling. That's the end of my story now because I, I lost track of it. I got distracted by Vladimir Putin and my sister. And Can you call me old. No, I don't call you old. Uh, oh okay so yeah that's right we were down at the beach and (laughs) i say old and you're like oh i got it yeah i got it um so we're down at the beach we're coming back and then sitting in traffic leaving wilmington there's what i mean when i say creeper van you know what i mean right like a chevy or a dodge rent or a dodge van like a white wind you know windowless van with a fan in the back yeah (laughs) whatever uh so this guy i pull up right behind him has i had no idea that you could get these a license plate with the confederate flag on it a north carolina license plate with the confederate flag on it 
Was his inspection like current? I I did not look that closely. Uh, I did happen to notice. It, I mean, I I had the. I'm surprised I did, but there was a very large mural on the side of his van that was the American flag, the Confederate flag, and the "Don't Tread on Me" snake in the middle. Hmm. I just I didn't realize the the state of North Carolina was still managing to profit off. I mean, like people made such a big deal about the the Mississippi state flag. Yeah, you know, having the can like how on earth is the state? Of, I mean, maybe maybe you're right. Maybe this dude's you know registration is 15 years out of date, and he's just driving around in this beat up van waiting for the cops to pull him over. But nope. Uh, according to on July 14, 2020, North Carolina sells a Confederate flag license plate. Why that won't likely change, and who benefits? Wow. Yeah, that was. Uh, <laughs> I mean, and I know that North Carolina. It's not like I mean, it's not like it. You know the. Uh, it's not like the. What would I want to say? Like a, the most forward thinking, or I guess left leaning. Not even forward thinking. I'll just say left leaning state. Uh, but still, I mean. In the first half of 2020, the North Carolina DMV reported 2,527 North Carolina registered drivers had the Southern or the SCV logo sent to the other Confederate veterans logo on their license plate, which includes the Confederate flag. Yep. These specialty plates are meant to be displays of pride for an organization. Sure. (laughs) I mean, do they have one with the KKK logo on it? Because that wouldn't that just be pride for an organization? Do they sell a Black Lives Matter license plate? With recent Black Lives Matter protests inspiring <laughs> cities across the state. <laughs> I mean, wow. I I don't even know what to say to this whole conversation. Yeah, I know. That wasn't even like on the list of things we were going to talk about, but it, it popped into my head all of a sudden. I started thinking, I remembered that, and I forgot to send you the picture that I snapped of it. Because um, I just, I was so shocked like honestly i was like wait are you are you and it, that it makes sense because it had the little cv you know next to it so mm-hmm. the sons of confederate veterans and i figured it was some bullshit like you know oh my grand great granddad fought in the confederate army and i ought to be able to yeah so anyways sorry i don't know that's like hey listeners let me bring you down real quick yeah, North Carolina is still racist. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, but but who was it that said America is not racist? It was a, a woman from uh, South Carolina. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely not. No, <laughs> certainly, that's that's a, that's a ridiculous claim. My argument about about that flag is it's literally no different than running around with a swastika or some other hate filled like yeah i mean seriously like i I at least i know there's 2576 north carolinians i need to stay away from they're openly racist so thank you 
hillbilly rednecks i mean you know again like we've talked about right uh i'd rather that i'd rather them wear <laughs> wear it on their sleeve <laughs> than wear confederate underwear i guess you know like, <laughs> i'm sure they have that too but well on a similar topic i saw that uh, there uh, the headline was basically like a a gay men's group took back they claimed the proud boys symbol. Yeah, they, they got upset <laughs> And they said, no, we're the Proud Boys. Loud yeah. and Proud Boy. <laughs> yeah, they like hijack their hashtag. I think I that's that. too funny. I mean, <laughs> you know, like, I think you gotta what, fight fire with fire in this case. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have any jokes. <laughs> <laughs> you guys do your thing. I, I, don't, I just don't know if I have a dog in that fight. I mean, I think that people are always going to you know, hate is one of those things where, yeah, I, I don't have a dog in that fight. I, I, we can't talk about our freedom of expression in this country and then not allow people to express express themselves, hopefully safely and hopefully without, you know, starting or inciting violence. But if that's the way you see the world, that's the way you see the world, I guess. I mean, yeah, and it's probably... I... I don't want to say that it's it's hopeless to think that those people could or some of those people, right, could change their minds, but uh it's I mean I stand with you in that I believe in this country you have the right to say whatever it is that you want to say. That doesn't mean that you are free from repercussions. Right. Um so yeah, I but yeah, I'm like I'm with you at, at the same time that there is you you do have to draw that line I think when it becomes to like inciting violence and you know that that sort of thing which I mean frankly let's be honest that that's been happening for the last 4 years on a national level. Yep. Um I mean there have been not not even dog whistles like just straight like you know crossing guard whistles uh lifeguard whistles you know like and like the water's hot water's hot (laughs) yeah and i just don't it's i mean I, i i don't know it i obviously part of what you know i mean i don't even know where i'm going with this but i guess i'm trying to get to like the whole I'll start with this, the debate, because I think okay. that that's where it makes the most sense to start with this. Um, I did not watch it live. Oh, but it was so worth it. <laughs> but I did watch the entire broadcast in, in from in its entirety the next morning. Um, and it was... At the 48-minute mark, I had to pause and back it up because I wasn't sure that I had witnessed what I had just witnessed, which was essentially 60 seconds straight of Trump screaming. I mean, I can't even say screaming, but yelling over top of both Joe Biden and Chris Wallace. While Chris Wallace tried to get Trump to stop and Joe Biden tried to make his point, 
Chris Wallace told Joe Biden just to keep talking because Trump obviously wasn't going to stop, and he continued to not stop. I mean, there was nothing presidential about his behavior. I don't see how you can look at how someone could look at that and think that's a man who has the mental capacity and the temperament to be the leader of this country, to, to honestly be the leader of anything. Dude, his, his uh, limitations are on full display. I mean, he's just, the, the debate for me was just reinforcing the fact that he's incompetent. You know, anything that people, I, I don't care what your position is on, on, on him. It's just that you can't validate your position. Like there's nothing that you can say that's factual that makes me say, oh, you have a point there. Because everything is a a circle of lies. The guy constantly lies. Like it's on full display. It's on record. And the debate was just him showing that he is not capable, nor should he have even been considered as a candidate ever. It's just like we hired the wrong guy. Like somebody was sleeping in HR and they just let, they didn't do a background check on this dude and you have a bad employee. It's just time for the dude to go. Um, You know, it's good that they said they weren't going to fact check him in the debate because that would have been a waste of time. And I also thought it was telling, there were two things I thought were telling that Chris Wallace had to kind of coax the president, you're going to like this question. You're probably going to like it. I'm like, why, why is that a thing? And then secondly, when I think Chris Wallace, Chris Wallace and one of his colleagues at Fox are kind of tired and fed up with the administration. Now it's two parts. The first part is when Wallace basically said, but you haven't presented a plan. That is not a plan. That is not comprehensive. That is not a plan for healthcare. And then watching, I believe his name is John, Starsled B, I don't know, John Roberts, I believe, from Fox News, just completely fed up with the way that the, the White House press briefings are and was like, I'm just sick and tired of the deflecting. So if anything the debate did, it, I believe that it just showed reasonable people that the of the third of the country that's probably going to vote for this guy uh that third they're probably just asking themselves no they're probably telling themselves yeah i can't do that again i just can't like there's nothing he said during the debate that made any sense man no i mean he he at no point made any coherent statement no it was just this i mean it was more of a campaign rally type of mentality for him pandering again to his own base which he doesn't, he doesn't get that he's the president of the country not right. just to that one constituency that's the part that blows my mind it's like these the the people that you're trying to reach already believe your message nobody else cares bro and why should they? <laughs> I mean, as you pointed out, he his his record speaks for itself. He's done nothing. And I love people that want to 
state these like random, you know, things that occurred during his presidency and accredit that to him. Oh, the economy. He hasn't hired a damn person, dude. He didn't hire a person. He inherited one of the strongest economies in the history of this country. It did not grow any faster once he inherited it. He literally did nothing other than give tax breaks to himself corporations and himself. And people still somehow think that that is his fault. Like that, 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 that was his doing that somehow he orchestrated all of that. That simply by being president. I mean, it's this belief that, by being pre- by simply sitting in that chair, I am ultimately responsible for everything good that happens. And yet yeah. somehow I accept no responsibility. The words that came out of this man's mouth himself, I accept no responsibility. I just I'm with you. I don't understand how you could look at his behavior, his track record, anything and think that this man is is fit to be anywhere other than either jail or a nut house. I'm sorry. <laughs> like I just I don't I maybe that's extreme, but I I mean he is so the whole I mean cuz now, right? Now it's come that not only is he just a, a, an incompetent leader, but he has endangered Every single person that has set foot in that White House for the last week or so. Two weeks. Two, yeah. It has to be two. You know, I, I'll tell you this. I, my last thought in the debate was uh, Vice President Biden had a Shuriken moment when he says, I am the party. I am the Democratic Party. That is something that I don't think I've ever heard the president understand that he is a representation of his party. And that's probably why people in droves are wanting to disassociate themselves from the Republican Party, because he's a representation of a party that is beyond dysfunctional. Like they've the and it's it's embarrassing. They call themselves the party of Lincoln still because we keep forgetting about the mass migration of all the crazy to the Republican Party. So uh it's like, no, not even close and so much further away. But I thought that was grand when he said, no, I am the I am the Democratic Party. You know, I beat the socialists. Yeah. And I, I would honestly be doing us and myself a great disservice by focusing solely on the ridiculous side of that debate. Yeah. Um, you know, I think we've talked before just kind of where i mean you've at least shared i think you know where you kind of are in terms of what percentage on board with joe biden and i came away from that debate feeling much better than i had at any point previously about him having gotten the nomination you know i think uh, he showed that at least, if nothing else, in this campaign, that I think he handled everything that happened in that debate as well as anybody could have. I don't like there wasn't a much that I could really look at going back through it 
and critique and think, well, you really kind of stepped in it there. You know, I, um, I think the fact that people keep saying he's been in public service for 47 years, they use that as something to hold against him. Yeah. It's probably the wrong argument. The fact that he could remain in service for 47 years and keep getting elected and make incremental changes and go back and even criticize his own performance, which he's done over, over several times. It's actually a plus in my, in my column. Yeah. It's like, yeah, but somehow he became vice president. Somehow the experience he had helped him help the, the Obama administration navigate through the 08, 09 crisis. Uh, somehow, you know, even though there was partisanship, he was able to pass legislation that would help people kind of what mirrors the COVID crisis right now. I mean, where are you at? Where are you at, bro? Like, you can't even get people to sit down at the same table and talk. And no, even better. He's 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 literally flipping the table over now. Yeah. On that. I mean, on the stimulus payments, he's like, you know what? No. Reelect me and then I'll pass a stimulus. I mean, this guy thinks that he can hold us hostage. Yeah, that he can strong arm the American people into voting for him. That that was the same thing with the whole payroll tax. Yep. You know, where it's like, I'm going to defer this, and then if you really want to not get screwed, you need to vote for me so I can make it permanent. But he won't. He doesn't have the He doesn't have that authority. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and that's you know, we talked about on the last uh podcast episode in terms of a lot of people focusing on the president and the judicial seats on the Supreme Court and stuff like that. And if we just put the right people that are going to put the right legislation in place in Congress, then it starts to mitigate a lot of those other things. Yep. Imagine a, imagine a sitting president that takes a piece of legislation that works for both sides and vetoes it. How long do you think they'll be in office? And here's another curveball. And I don't know if it's legally possible. And I, well, I know that the House has to bring up impeachment um, proceedings. What if, what if, and if there's a constitutional lawyer out there, hit me up. What if the, the, the people of the United States wanted him out of the office and superseded the House of Reps? What if we all just said, forget voting. What if we just said, no, he's the wrong person. I wonder if there's a way. I wonder if there's a, a, a backdoor clause that we could, you know, hopefully finagle. I mean, if they had a recall election for the governor in California. Yeah. Why couldn't we recall the? I mean, I don't know if, you, right, if constitutionally there, there is the stuff in place to be able to do that. But I'm with you. Like, I... I don't see why the American people themselves wouldn't have as much of a right to raise that concern or that, you know, um, idea any more so than the people that they've been elected to come. I mean, cause yeah, at that point it's like, well, okay. Then the, the people that are elected to the house of representatives aren't representing their constituents. Right. So if nothing else, we need to recall them. I mean, like, you know, figure out where we got to start. And you know what? I mean, hell, they recalled Leslie Nope. And all that woman ever did was pass a soda tax and 
keep the pool open longer for the Pawnee Dolphins. I mean, yeah. Talk about <laughs> just unfair treatment. <laughs> but yeah, then he has this uh, this nomination gala for the most part. It became like ground zero. <laughs> I like. Uh, I don't know. I I've been struggling some to figure out where I kind of stand on the whole. I I mean I I don't want him to die. I don't want. I'm not rejoicing in him. You're not rooting for him though. But yeah, like I th- yeah exactly. At the same time, I don't you know like I mean if Hitler had the flu. Dude, you, that's why we're boys, yeah. Because I've been saying the same thing. I'm like, I'm not wishing the guy to die, but I'm not root. I'm definitely not rooting for him. Yeah, like, I'm not like. I'm just kind of like, you know what, nature. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you kind of probably got this one figured out, and <laughs> but yeah. So I mean, you have this super spreader. You know, I mean, I don't even. I'm not even going to use this. You have this event at the at the Rose Garden. People are are now saying that it's basically the the spirit or the ghost of Jackie Kennedy because it was her rose garden and how dare they have this ceremony there. Other people are saying it's Ruth Bader Ginsburg that because they were nominating Amy Barrett there like less than 72 hour whatever however time period it was and not you know not acknowledging her dying wishes that she was like ha covid. Obviously I don't think either one of those things is the case. I look at it as the red rose wedding. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> bro i'm telling you man i just think like so i'll tell you a couple people that actually contracted covid were or three of them where i'm like hmm. uh kaylee mcinney yep finally like, hmm. uh, i don't say that like finally she she got what she deserved i just mean that finally it comes out that she also contracted it because as much as these people are all in contact with each other and yeah. refusing to follow any real, sorry, go ahead. Kaylee McEnany. Uh, Tom Tillis. I was like, Hmm, you're, you're another new boy. And the one person that kind of, so this is not a tangent, but um, I was kind of like, I keep saying my beef is with American Christians so I started like fact checking a bunch of like, you know, people I listen to their podcast or I, I may have like, they, they may be very, I, I'd say like good biblical teachers, right? Uh, Greg Laurie, uh, Tony Evans, uh, Charles Stanley. So I started fact checking like, and I started pruning my podcast list <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you guys got to go. Like, you know, I just, I, I, I don't get the argument that the one issue play anymore and it's 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 all human life. It's not just about abortion. And I think that is such a cheapened argument when people say, "Well, my issue is abortion." Well, you're okay with people, you know, being mistreated, and that's not biblical. And blah blah blah. Stop treating the symptoms. Let's treat the you know, let's treat the disease of, and call it for what it is. So when Tom Tillis and and it's just kind of like, look, man, when you guys when you're following a guy that has no care for you he's willing to put you at risk and you're still carrying his banner you get what you get yeah 
and I'm not wishing death on anybody, but I'm not, I'm definitely not rooting for him either. It's well, like, you get what you get. I mean, yeah. Like you reap what you sow is what, like, I, I mean, cause I'm sorry. Like you are the ones who decided that you were going to side with this guy, that regardless of how ridiculous his claims became, regardless of how dangerous the things he was saying were to the rest of the American people, you sat there and said, nah, that's the side I want to be on because ultimately just like Donald Trump, you're afraid to upset your base, to upset the racist, the freaking like the ignorant, the yep. whatever it is, like the people who are just who I mean, who bought into the idea that wearing a mask was a political issue, that it's not science based, you know, that, oh, well, these people, I just I I can't even with this at this point in all of this. People still want to pretend like wearing a mask wouldn't have helped in this situation. That well, they get tested every day. Then why won't they say when the last they, negative they test is that he had? They're liars. They've lied throughout this whole fiasco. They've done nothing but add more lies into the pile. And watching the the uh, press conferences from his doctor, I'm like, you're just another do boy, also. Yeah, that that guy cited HIPAA privacy restrictions 14 times, but 14 only times. when it was questions that could have potentially reflected negatively on the president. Yep. Never when it was, I mean, he said he wouldn't talk about the, the medications that had been administered, except the fact that he had literally just gotten done talking about remdesivir and all of the other things. And the fact that this guy, not the, not the doctor, but Trump thinks, not even thinks, the fact that he comes out afterwards and says, COVID's not that big a deal. Don't let it, you know, don't let it ruin your life. Don't be afraid of COVID. Motherfucker. <laughs> you literally had access to the best medical care. Not you, the best, the best of the best. The stuff that's like, it's a top shelf stuff. They administered stuff to you earlier than they have done to any other COVID-19 patient. And you want to sit there and take credit for it. That during my administration, we came up with this stuff. Again, simply because you're sitting in the chair does not mean that you get to take credit for everything. I just remember when I, when I keep saying like the most painful thing we can do is let him talk. Yeah. That's, that's the, uh, that's my prescription. The most painful thing we can do is let him, let him be himself. And hopefully people just get turned off by it because like I personally, like I was a registered Republican. I will never be registered anything ever again, but I sure as hell want nothing to do with anybody that calls themselves a conservative or a Republican. Like I want nothing to do with it. I do believe in some of the philosophies like having a functioning government. I, those are things I inherently believe in, but as far as like those clowns, they're a bunch of clowns, man. I mean, he really wants to take credit for, I, I don't know, but he won't take responsibility for the fact that they drop the ball and hundreds of thousands of people have died. That it just, it's a, it's just 
I, I don't get it. I, I can't even like, like I said before, nobody can tell me something factual as to why they support the guy. And even, I mean, even if you were able to somehow find some small benefit, something that like he what? did to benefit, but I'm just saying, let's say it existed somewhere. You're saying that that thing outweighs all of the negative stuff. Cause that's the other thing. Is it, at no point do people really ever dispute the bad stuff you say about him. It's almost always, yeah, but. Dude right? had a white supremacist sitting in the audience at the announcement of his Supreme Court pick. Who's also used to be part of a cult. The cult that inspired the Handmaid's Tale show, which I understand was like, you know, inspired by true events i get that but <laughs> still this whole thing was that i mean part of their deal was that women were supposed to literally do only what it was that their husbands thought and so yeah but his wife doesn't play that game like shorty tells him what to do no i mean yeah but that's what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> and i found him she's like a little evil gnome too man i i don't even like yeah i don't wish any evil towards these or death to be honest but I'm not rooting for him. And I agree with you. I almost said the same words you said. If it was Hitler, I wouldn't be like hoping he lived. Like, and I, I really said my words were the guy is evil. He is almost a personification of evil. Period. I don't have any love for evil. So for me to sit here and pretend like, like I'm not, I'm not praying for him. Like I'd be lying. My thoughts and prayers are not with his family. Like, Wash it out. Like, just <laughs> let's get the stain off the shirt. Let's move on. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, yeah. <sighs> but yeah. Um, it, another thing, you know, we keep talking about, like, and we talked on the last episode about, you know, my thoughts on Black Lives Matter and as an organization. And then I hear about John Price again. Hell, I just mentioned it in a, you know, reading up on the fact that North Carolina has Confederate flags in their state <laughs> license plates. I think as far as treating, how do I, how do I want to say this? The American experiment is, it's merely that. And, you know, like hearing about John Price getting killed in, in Wolf, Texas, I, I will be honest with you, like, what is it going to take for this stuff to stop? You know, like what is it going to take for people to, I'm not saying defund the police. I'm saying fire the idiots that you have that are police officers. Um, I can extend that to uh, public education. I can extend that to any public service that we have. Hire the best, hire the best, pay them the most and make sure they're successful. So they, that, that, that way they can do their job, but don't hire these ignorant freaking losers that their first impulse is to put rounds into somebody. Like it just blows, it blows my mind and, and it sickens me that this is the country that, and you'll see this if you ever talked, I know you do, but if you talk to, for the audience, talk to somebody that's an immigrant, talk to, you know, fourth and fifth generation African Americans in this country. You'll find something that's very impressive. We love this country. The only sad part is, it doesn't love us back. It does not. 
and we we get treated like we're disposable unless we're entertaining or making somebody feel you know better about their Saturday or Sunday, and it just pisses me off. And I'm tired of being I'm tired of being pissed off. I'm being honest. It's like I don't I don't have any more f's left. <laughs> it's just like yo, like what do you what do you want to happen? You know, it's just rough, bro. Yeah, uh, I I mean I I don't really even have much to add at this point. I mean, what can be said that hasn't already, even on just just on our podcast? You know, I mean, the number of times in this last year that we've had to talk about this exact same type of thing. Um, I was talking to my sister and uh, about the Brianna Taylor. Uh, settlement they gave her 12 million and some change and you know i think this is kind of a common thought and i i've said it and thought it myself so we're just going to take the money from the taxpayers and sweep it under the rug my sister says the same thing in her own words and i'm like so we're not even trying to solve the problem we're just going to rearrange the furniture and the communities that are probably going to be hurting are the ones that we're taking that funding from. But we can't we can't work a budget to make the policing of local communities work. But we'll pay somebody off. No. I mean that's yeah, uh the the number of police settlements, right? Across the country. And I, I mean you're telling me that they paid her twelve million. They paid twelve million dollars. It's hush but money, but but they didn't do anything wrong. Yep. But they paid her twelve million dollars because they didn't do anything wrong. It's it's that's the definition of hush money. I I, <laughs> I just I where is the where is the logic in that? How can you look at that situation? And and feel like that makes any sense, you know? And I, you want to argue, well, that, you know, they're just avoiding having to go to court. Okay. So you think it's going to cost them $12 million to go to court? Or you think that the court is more likely to find that they owe more, they should pay more than $12 million. In which case, they still did something wrong. And nobody's paying $12 million for freaking lawyers. Get it's, out of here. Like, I just... <laughs> what what are we doing, America? Like, what, do you, what, what is this? The message is... And that's why I, I argue against symbols for a movement. Symbols can be tarnished. But if you're, if you're talking about principles and values... Like the law of gravity will always be the law of gravity. You can de- you can redescribe it all you want. Principle, I mean, it's always going to be there, and that's what we should we should be fighting for principles and values, not for freaking symbols. I don't care about your symbols. I, I don't care. Morality morality shifts, right? You can look at history. Most major civilizations since the dawn of time have had slaves. Period. It's it is a historical fact, but as as societies change, that is no longer acceptable. So that's why I can't say your symbol is important to me because your symbol is is crap. 
the principle of treating people fairly, the value of treating like people with dignity and respect, that outlived the symbol of the economic tool, which was slavery. So I'd rather fight for a principle and or value as opposed to a symbol. Symbols are, they're weak. They, they have nothing to stand on. Things that are proven, that are woven into the, are the very fabric of our existence will endure forever. And that's why I kind of get confused. It's like, yo, to your point, they paid her, they paid her, her family $12 million, but what did they fix? Which principle or value did they address by doing that? You can't, it's, it's lost on me. It's just, it's not that, it's not complicated. And that's where I just, I'm just, you know, I almost had a a Chris, a criticism the other day where I I started to like lose hope in like the, just the common sense of humanity. But the reality is I don't hope in humanity. Like I know humanity is flawed. Yeah. But if I keep looking out the window, it's like, yo, humans, <laughs> y'all dudes are kind of jacked up. <laughs> See, and it's funny because, you know, I I have said that multiple times on here where I feel like we're slipping or, and I'm sure that, I mean, I know I'm not the only one. I know this isn't the only time in history, right, that people have looked at what's going on and said that, oh, well, this is this is it this is the downfall of society maybe maybe they were right but at the same time i think i i've talked a couple of times about the some some of the nick offerman books that i've been listening to on audible and i finished up uh i think i can't remember which one it is but it's called gumption and it's a bunch of stories uh, of him kind of either you know if they're historical figures outlining you know, stories about them and all these people that he feels were uh, examples of people with gumption, right? And the last person that he talks about is Conan O'Brien, which I thought was kind of interesting. But the thing that I took away from it that made me kind of think was, you know, Nick was talking about the, how, you know, at one point during his conversation with Conan, he was talking about the you know this generation and being in front of their their screens and all this and conan made the point to him you know yeah that's what you see a lot but you know there's also a lot of kids that are out there studying to be doctors and you know like um and neurosciences and all this all these other things and they're the ones who are going to cure cancer or are going to do these other things and they don't you know we don't see that on a daily basis it's like it's almost negative selection right um right. where we are in terms of the way that we process things and the the things that get called out in the the 24-hour news cycle where you know we don't have as many of those like heartwarming stories of this good thing happening um that i think you used to get a lot more with your local news right because there wasn't as much stuff going on um, yeah, but the no- local news went from like car crash, murder, uh, fire. Oh, yeah. and the fireman saved a puppy today. Yeah, I mean- <laughs> no, and I, I mean, there's <laughs> there's a balance, but I know I've said multiple times that I I feel like I'm losing my you know faith in humanity. But I wonder if it is just more that it's all of the negative stuff that's being called out or that's getting all the attention right now. And there are a lot of good people doing good things out there. And 
there are, as you've said, right, there are more people in this country that want to see change and that are saying enough is enough after four years of this. And that's in, you know, maybe it's not hope, but it's hopeful. (laughs) It's like, it's, it's hope light. It's like the LaCroix of hope. It's just, it's the essence of hope. (laughs) I I think, I mean, I think you're onto something. I think that uh, like, and just in the things I've been, you know, kind of studying, I think that humans have a, a tendency to look for some type of symbol to to give them a compass. And what I mean, whether it's the Cold War that was a compass for a time, whether it was the industrial war complex that we developed after you know World War II, or whatever it may be, we look for something like a, some level of commonality to fight for something which is good, but who's steering our focus is the question I would ask. You know, we need symbols. We need something to kind of help us to, you know, break through the noise sometimes. But the question we always have to ask ourselves is who is giving us the focus? Like, and, and what are they focused on? The last four years is a, is a direct reflection of, of how that can go so south, you know, um, I've heard people, you know, I've concluded myself that the president, and you'll listen to this and you notice I won't say his name because that's, that's a, that is a conscious uh, like decision, is very similar to people that eventually become dictators or, you know, a strong man in most, you know, some strong governments. He's showing the same behaviors. And I think people don't want to really believe that. Like, even returning to the White House last night, and I watched that. I was like, "My dude, what are we doing? Why do we have all the flags? Why are you going? Why are you going up the balcony, yo?" For his photo um, op, just like yeah. the parade, you know, moment yesterday where he demanded, or I'm sorry, insisted. That, Who was he alluding to? Oh, that I I also thought was hilarious. Uh, I understand that as the commander in chief, he is in charge of the U S military in that role. Uh, and that other presidents who have not served military time previously have saluted and, you know, but I mean, he literally just stood there for 20 seconds, 20, 30 seconds, just kind of, and did you see that he walked in, walked back back out so that they could reshoot, him going back in i mean the whole thing was a political stunt not i i firmly believe that he contracted the coronavirus that he had COVID 19 because i know some people are like no that's it's all that's all a ploy i don't believe that that's true but i believe that him deciding i'm gonna do this car ride i'm gonna go back to the white house i'm going to do this photo op thing all of that is just a huge campaign stunt to try and make him look strong, to make it look like, hey, I told all these people all along COVID was no big deal, yet I got rushed to the hospital two days after I found out I had it and had this mix of drugs that nobody else in the world has received at this point. Right. But it's no big deal. I feel 20 years younger as I stand on the balcony struggling to breathe. Yeah. I'm... I. 
and this isn't like I'm just you're just watching this. You don't have it's to his see first video that he sent out before, I guess, after he was admitted to the hospital. And I was like watching him like, yo, he's wincing. And my wife's like, what do you mean? I'm like, he's normally talks with his hands and he's struggling literally just to stand there and be comfortable. Mm-hmm. I'm like, the dude's wincing like right now. The little 20 second video that he sent out. I'm like, dude's wincing. She's like, how do you know that? I'm like, look at him. He talks with his hands all the time. Yeah. Now he's standing upright. And, you know, we noticed when he was standing on the balcony and you're right, he was having trouble breathing. She's like, what, what's wrong with his chest? Why is he holding his chest out? And I didn't really put two and two together, but he's probably, his lungs are probably in pain. You know, like he, he's probably, and I, again, I'm not rooting for the guy. I'll just be honest. Like, no, but it's, it, and it's not that I'm sitting here rooting for him to suffer either, but I'm sitting, what I am sitting here saying is that there's absolutely no reason that man should have been discharged from the hospital. There is absolutely no reason that she that the White House physician that his you know physician should be the one out here giving these updates. I mean, frankly, like unless he's the one, the only one in here who is administering all this, there's no reason for any of us to believe a word that comes out of these people. I mean, as we pointed out earlier in the episode, they have lied from day one about the contract tracing, about the testing, about this hermetically sealed bubble that they were creating at the White House somehow, and yet. You know, nobody's wearing masks. The guy took off his freaking mask the moment he got to the top of the stairs so he could take his picture. I Why? Why? I'll tell you this. I'm not rooting for him, but I am rooting for the Broncos. Sports. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I, I can feel my blood pressure. Yep. We, we have talked far too long. On that subject, we sat here and talked. We we're like, well, let's start with that because we'll get it out of the way. And we literally wrote or recorded in half of it, a podcast episode and then some. Good Lord. Oh. Yeah. That's he, what happens he... when we like try to hold back for a couple of weeks. It all comes spilling out. <laughs> but yeah, so you are your Broncos uh, got a got a nice victory on Thursday night. I wouldn't say nice. I would say all right, they got a victory. They got a victory. Like there was. Rip, rispin, ripping, ripping, rip, yeah. Ripping, God, I, mean, I know. Why? You... Just spell your name. R i p p e n, ripping. R y p i e n. The kid's got. Yeah. Oh Lord, he's got a great arm. Um, I liked a lot of the things they did. I don't know how I feel. I mean, the two interceptions back to back. That was. I could see, during the game, he his his view was clouded. So. Those were understandable picks, except for the one that uh, he threw too low um, to the outside. I was like, eh, he probably should have gave that one some arm. But I think overall, Bradley Chubb, God, I love that guy. Uh, I won't even say the name of where he went to school at because I don't want that. Yeah, you're just going to end up having it cut up into some like 10 second promo for this show. <laughs> But wow, I mean, with all the injuries, and I know it's the Jets, and if you're a Jets fan, I'm not crapping on New York. I'm crapping on New Jersey. Um, but it was a good win. I, it, it shows they have some things and some pieces in play, like Judy, like his catch was accidental, but um, 
he held onto the ball. So good touchdown there. A lot of good things. Melvin Gordon, I, I, I will tell you this. This is the weirdest observation I made. He can't run to the right, but when he runs to the left, he bolts on people. You know how I know that? Because when I play Madden, he can't run to the right. <laughs> but I knew it was going to come back to Madden. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, as a former Chargers uh, fan, I Melvin Gordon had that awful rookie season where he couldn't get into the end zone to save his life. And right. people had essentially written him off. And then Anthony Lynn came in and I think did a good job getting him to kind of reset his mindset. Um, that guy would run so freaking hard. I was worried he was going to hurt himself. I was, I was a little disappointed when the chargers let him go, but I also understood it that in this league, you don't pay a running back second contract unless it's Zeke Elliott essentially, or like a Saquon Barkley. Even then uh, I think you start to see that, you know, I mean, Zeke Elliott's a great, a great back, but it's not enough to win football games. I mean, they're the Cowboys defense is so uh, atrocious. I, I would, I would, I know that the, I'm not going to sunset the prominence of running backs in the NFL just yet. I know it seemed like that for the last seven years. I'm telling you, man, I, I think with what, as we get to a more balanced game, you have to have a like strong running weapons. And I, I do it's not that I dis I, I don't I, I'm not saying that the NFL is abandoning the run, but what I am saying is that because of the way that teams structure the salaries around the salary cap and the players that they are willing to invest money in, in general, 30 out of the 32 teams are not going to re-sign a rookie, a running back that they drafted because the four years that you get them or fifth year option, are the cheapest years you're going to get that running back. And after those five years, you've probably gotten the bulk of the majority out of that running back, even if they have five more good years. Yeah, and I, that's why... That's, years that's 27 to 32 aren't as good as years 21 to 26, right? And I, 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 yeah, I, I hear you, and I agree with you, but I think that I think that's going to be a... All right. But it's you end up with guys like Chris Carson in Seattle where it's a you're a seventh round running back, right? Who has the necessary skill set to fit into that offensive scheme or McCaffrey. Sure. I mean Christian McCaffrey's great, but again, I think you're paying a bunch of I mean, what is he? He's on his rookie contract, right? Still? That's, okay. So here's here's my point. And he got so, injured. <laughs> that, okay, that's all right. That was a second. So here's my point. I think that when you start to like, I feel like the NFL is sunsetting some running backs a little bit too early. And I, I just feel like, I mean, Adrian Peterson's getting the majority of the carries in, in Detroit. Now, granted, Matt Patricia is arguably the second worst head coach next to Adam Gase in the NFL. But my, my point being like, you know, when you go back to days of Emmett Smith, uh, Terrell Davis, I mean, when you had like a strong foundation that gave you like, if you go back to that era of football, you had more balanced games, which is what the NFL is pivoting to right now. The, the Seahawks only... in 2013. I mean, the right. Marshawn Lynch, right? Like they leaned on Marshawn Lynch in that run game, and Russell Wilson was asked to do very little in terms of right. you know the the overall. That was not the game plan. But you're right. Like yeah. they're the 
Mahomes and now even Wilson, I mean, is like, no, you're not, you don't keep a Ferrari in the garage. <laughs> yeah, but you also don't want to take a Ferrari to the shop either. Right? Well, right. Like- you don't want to, you don't want to run your Ferrari off the road, right? Or get a flat tire going around the corner and have it dive off the cliff. It's, uh, Right. I I mean, I think I'm with you in that ultimately the teams that are successful are the ones that are able to find balance. Right. Right. I mean, you see, look at Dak Prescott's thrown for 450 yards in the last three games in a row. They haven't won a single one of those games. And it's because, I mean, a part of that is because it's coming in garbage time and B because they were playing from behind. So what do you, what happens when you're behind? You don't run the ball. I mean, what happened two weeks ago when Kansas City, not even two weeks ago, it was a week ago this last Monday, when Kansas City and Baltimore met, right? Kansas City got up by two, and what did Baltimore do? They abandoned their own offense. They turned (laughs) Lamar Jackson into a pass-only quarterback. I mean, you're down by two scores, 14 points. What what are these guys doing? Like, how do these guys have jobs, Andre? That's what I don't understand. Because they think they can they can trade a mobile quarterback for like a running back, like it's just. But not that's where thing. I don't. Uh, what I'm. Uh, what I guess. Uh, so maybe my. I was okay, saying a lot of things. This is what's breaking. The defense is typically, in my opinion, not expecting the quarterback to move. Period. Sure. So if I put a Melvin Gordon, if I put like anybody in that's that I know they're gonna they're running the ball. I know I'm going to stop a run, right? Well, if I can, if I can shake out 50, 60 yards a game with my quarterback, I'm golden, right? I'm going to probably get you know seven to ten points per game off that mobile quarterback. Okay. I just think that, and most, if you look at most point spreads right now, it's like a you know literally seven to ten points. Most games are lost by seven to ten points. It's not worth it. I just don't, I don't think the gamble long-term is worth it. Like you're not going to, there's not enough mobile quarterbacks in the world to, uh, to make up that difference. Even that crappy run by uh, the Jets QB. Darnold. Yeah. That people were like, what a great run. And I'm like, the guy was running for his life. Yeah, I, I would. I mean, he must be, actually, he must be pretty strong. I'm not saying he's not strong, but I'm just saying that. That's not what you want your quarterback out there doing. Yo, he's going to get broken. Okay, yo. so is that your point? Is that That's not what you want your quarterback out there doing. Right. Okay. Yeah. So that I, I get. But what what I don't understand is... There was an eight-point difference in the game. That's, if, you're, if, you're, if you're John Harbaugh, right? Or whoever mm-hmm. the... If you're... Uh, uh, no, what is his name? Roman. Uh, Greg Roman, the offensive coordinator... And you're calling plays in that game, and your Baltimore, your whole offense is predicated on it on a run heavy attack, and then play actioning off of that to get Lamar Jackson open looks, right? Good easy reads for. I mean, I'm not, not even easy reads, but like that's how their whole offense works. We're gonna run it until you think that we're not until you think we're gonna. That's all we're gonna do, and then we're gonna throw it over your head when we play action. And right. When you get down by two scores, that's not enough in my mind, even against a, a team like Kansas City where you just go, well, now I need to start throwing the ball all day long. I have to abandon my offensive game plan and now try to turn my offense that isn't designed to be pass first into like you're turning it into a shootout with Kansas City, which you're not going to win. I just, this is where I just I don't understand like the mid game. 
you know, like adjustments and things. It's that's when I get frustrated with the, with the DCs. It's like, all right, so you're not even um, there's not enough adjust. Or actually, well, well, the last game in my like imprint in my mind is Denver. They have just enough injuries to make it suck, basically, yeah. where you don't have the flexibility in your secondary to run clean blitzes or to you know you know break on those inside slant routes or those short post routes i mean that's where the second part of the argument comes into it's like all right so if i'm running a balance offense do i have the weapons on defense that cover up the mistakes and that's where I don't know. I, I think the NFL is short-sighting itself on that, if I'm being honest. So I agree. I think the other thing that we're seeing, and I hadn't really thought about it much prior to this last week, uh, but I think part of what we have seen in this flourishing of offense, especially this year and how bad defenses have been, is that they didn't have all of that time to go through the defensive installments and stuff like that. And I know that there's not... But I think that I just kind of feel like, and and now on top of that, you're getting this huge rash of injuries. So you've got yeah. teams that are playing. I mean, what was it the uh, in college uh, Virginia Tech's entire secondary? Like they had six of their defensive backs out because of contact tracing stuff. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's they're literally what, what they said. It was uh, three fourths of their two deep. They're starting two deep. In the secondary, wow. we're out. They were all six, like basically starters, more or less. Dude, you want to hear something crappy? I went to the post office. Two things: bought stamps, eleven dollars for a book of stamps. I saw the last time I ever bought stamps was like five eighty. I was like, good lord, <laughs> <laughs> stamps are expensive. They're I'm like, wow, that's expensive to mail a letter. Um, and the freaking the the clerk says to me, so uh, who's going to be your QB? I hear they're going to get somebody off the uh, the tarmac. <laughs> I mean, I was, at this point, I was like, we're kind of close, bro. <laughs> but, you know, thank you. Um, I hear Colin but, Kaepernick's not doing anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, but I mean, Russell got his uh, his his Dolphins win. Yeah, he did. Uh, you know, the it was. I guess it's one of those things on paper. You look at it and you go. This should be an easy win for the Seahawks, right? And because of that, mentally, I had already really prepared myself for this is probably going to be a closer game than I than most people think it is. Granted, I mean, it's people have talked about it's the farthest travel distance that two teams can make going from Seattle, Washington to Southern Florida. Uh, That's not a good argument. No, it's not. I mean, every team has to do it. I think ultimately the defense for Seattle is the, is the big thing. I mean, the, the, I think that the de- the team will go as far as the defense allows them to Russell Wilson is going to go out and he's going to give you 38 points. It seems at least every right. game. Um, it may be two touchdowns and it may be five, but he's going to help your or- offense get 35, 38 points. So if the defense can hold the other teams to less than that, and so far, I mean, even their replacement players uh, have been playing okay on defense here and there. But uh, it's certainly not, you know, it's not the 2013 Seahawks. This is like, <laughs> it's like they flipped the whole right. thing. 
So my biggest criticism of like Seahawks fans is one when they won the Super Bowl, it was against my team. Yeah. Um, two, when they won the Super Bowl, it was against your team. It was against my team. Yeah. And three, was it when they that won was the a Super unicorn Bowl team, team seven years ago. <laughs> <laughs> <All> right, <go ahead. laughs> like enough said, you know. Like I had my daughter's uh, sensei talking crap to me because he's from Seattle. I was like, I, I don't want. I personally don't want this fight because you're like a fourth degree black belt. <laughs> like, but I'm gonna, you know, bow my chest out a little bit. But they had a very good secondary. Like had they had like probably in Denver was number two in secondary ratings. Um, but that was seven years ago. Like yeah. rebuild your team, and, and they've been they've struggled for the most part to like have that same like aggressiveness out there. And that's that's where their biggest weakness is. You can break in their cone. Their corners are like they're good, but they you can break on them anytime. You know that's that's how I look at it. Um, well, and I think I, I agree. You know, I mean, and you've you've had a ton of turnover on the defensive staff as well. Um, yeah. Which I mean, it happens in in every team, but. Um, it is, I mean, Pete Carroll is the, is a defensive minded guy and that's his, his whole like cover three defense. But I think that's the other thing is that, you know, the cover three defense that he had requires certain types of guys. You know I mean? Like Seattle was one of the early adopters (laughs) to use an awful tech term, um, of the like long lanky quarter cornerbacks. You know, uh, Richard Sherman, Cam Chancellor, uh, Brandon Browner, guys that were seen as like kind of mid-range pro- prospects at a lot of for a lot of other teams. I still think Champ Bailey was better than uh, Richard any, Sherman. People, anybody you listed, but go ahead. <laughs> I will say that I think you know, like Richard Sherman got a lot of credit. Earl Thomas got a lot of credit. I still think. Cam Chancellor was the the guy that made that whole defense work. Like Earl Thomas was good. He could he had the range to be able to kind of go, you know, and make some plays here and there. But Cam was that guy where I mean, if you were a receiver and even in that Super Bowl game, that yeah. first hit he put on the wide receiver on that little dump off route where he knocked him I mean, cuz who was it? it was uh the guy that got traded to Jacksonville after that. Uh, uh Demarius Thomas. Yeah. Wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, he dumped him on his ass 5 yards back. And that was kind of like, oh, shit. And I just, I mean, like, Cam was that dude, and it wasn't just hits. Like, he'd, he'd pick you off and stuff like that. I would, I don't know. I mean, like, I think you could probably make an argument either way among, between Champ Bailey and somebody on that. But, I mean, I, I understand Champ Bailey's an amazing corner. Like, I mean, yeah. that dude, yeah. So I'm yeah. I'm not gonna I'm I'm not gonna dispute that here because there's no point in us arguing which which people from the teams we root for <laughs> are the could best. both probably arguably be numbers one and two are the best. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess we could do that, but what would be the the real? <laughs> so uh, you, you sent me that clip about Philip Rivers. Yeah, that, so... <laughs> that was funny. Yo. Uh, like... So I mean, I've always loved since he got to the NFL. He's been known for his trash talk. And early on, people thought that it was just, I mean, like bad sportsmanship kind of thing. It's just him. That's how he plays the game. It's like, I'm, I'm out here. I might as well talk to you. Like I want to, you know, and it's, uh, it's almost all in good fun. I think ultimately, like sometimes, yeah, he gets a little chippy, but 
yeah, I guess in the, the game on Sunday against the bears, um, he was a fourth down. They were trying to draw the bears offside. There were a few seconds left. And unlike LeBron walking off the court, Philip decided I was just, he's just going to start talking shit to the linebacker <laughs> on the other side. He's like talking about somebody had turned the corner on him and all this stuff. And the, the mics picked it up and it's, I mean, that, that's what I, I think the guy just has so much fun out there. It's, and that's one of the reasons that I've always found it really easy to root for him. Yeah, I I have nothing against the guy. I just, um, I mean, he just played for the wrong team. Yeah, like if he would have played somebody that wouldn't prevent the Broncos from going to the playoffs, then I'd probably be like, yeah, I like Philip, and I do like him as a player. So, so I will say, I think two episodes ago, I had talked about how I hoped, and I I said, you know, obviously he's not Peyton Manning. He said, yeah, he's <laughs> obviously, not. literally, exactly what you said. <laughs> And but I do think that there is some potential validity to the thought that I mean they got what is looking like I mean we talk about garbage defenses the Colts got a good defense this year yeah I mean DeForest Buckner that guy is wrecking people uh good stout secondary that seems to be able to cover really well so I mean I think if they can stay generally healthy, if Philip can avoid the stupid interceptions that he seems to throw once every game, I mean they're not asking him to do a lot. And that's what I think I mean that's what I've always kind of wanted for him. Like just be able to kind of sit back and like, yeah, I can make a throw here or there, 190 yards, cool. I'm not I don't need the stats, I don't need the touchdowns, I just need the freaking ring. Like what he's what he's number he's uh what is it like one of the fifth is only the fifth or sixth quarterback to reach 40,000 yards passing. The guy gets a ring. He's in the hall of fame. And I know he doesn't care about that, but I care about that for him on his behalf. I will carry that water for you. So, you know why he draws, he pulls those interceptions. Why? Because you can't tell somebody that's competitive, <laughs> not be competitive. <laughs> well, yeah. Like it, it's just like, I mean, it's not in my DNA. I know it's not in my DNA. Like, I, I could be doing, like, a charity fill-in-the-blank, and I'm going to go out there and crush people. I don't care. I mean, You'd be kickball. dunking on Do you remember kickball? Oh, yeah, I, mean, I, I remember kickball. I was ushering in injuries. <laughs> Poor girl on first base. And I swear on my right toe, I did not knock her down. She was in the baseline. She was in the baseline. You she were, you were running through first base, and she was standing in the yeah. wrong place. Obviously hey. not, not a baseball fan. Yeah, but I caught her, so she didn't hit the ground. So. Yeah, no, that was that was good. You know who didn't get caught before he hit the ground was Bill O'Brien, uh, as ah. they pushed him out the airplane in Houston. <laughs> <laughs> uh, less or yeah, less than a year after getting general manager responsibilities, in addition to head coach, he shipped out DeAndre Hopkins. He gave Deshaun Watson a huge contract, which I I am fine with. I think Deshaun's a good player. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they went 0 and 4. Uh, the only team, I mean, they played like the Chiefs, the what is it, the Patriots, uh, you know, like they played three really good teams and then the Vikings, basically. And I honestly, I think if they'd beaten the Vikings, he probably still has his job. I think you, he, I, yeah. I really feel like that's the only reason that he ended up losing. Um, because the Vikings were winless prior to that. And I mean, when you lose to Kirk cousins, ultimately you deserve to lose your job. That's what it really boils down to. Well, 
I can't even follow that up. So <laughs> good, that was funny. <laughs> so you keep giving me crap about basketball. So um, I keep giving you crap about basketball. How so? Well, let's talk about our top ten list. Okay. It's time for a Chris and Andre top ten. So yeah, last week I think it was. Yeah, it was last week. We talked about um, we were talking about the NBA, and I said we should do a top ten list because oh, because we were talking about Jordan. You said you're not a Jordan fan, and I said so that means when we do our top ten NBA players, you will leave him off of there just like Tom Brady. Uh, and you said, yeah, that's exactly what I'm going to do. So that's what's going to happen. <laughs> Um, my list. So, you know, normally when I put together my top 10 list, what I try to do is find some way to relate this to NC state. Uh, I will admit in how that's going to be really hard. I was just going to say in the realm of professional basketball and my lifetime, especially that's, that's a hard one. That's uh that's pretty tricky. So I, I more or less stayed away from top two list. What do we do? Last time we did 10 to 1, right? Yeah, yeah. Bottom to top. Okay. Uh, so number 10 on my list, I'll be honest, he was probably just like right – he was still playing right as I kind of got into watching basketball. But I really – like I had to find a white dude to put on this list somewhere. <laughs> it was harder than you, you think. Uh, John Stockton. Interesting. Guy, I – also, not a Carl Malone fan, but I had mad respect for for John Stockton and kind of the you know, the short shorts, the 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 assist game, uh, kind of I mean like the original Steve Nash, you know, like I feel like yeah. that was kind of his his whole thing. So my age is going to come into play with my list then, uh, but I also I'm going to say my number ten is actually two players because I couldn't pick. Uh, I know. Wishy washy, Steve Nash and John Stockton. Oh, look at that. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was not expecting us uh, to agree. That's funny that we both had Stockton in the 10th. Yeah. Spot. Yeah. Um, right. Okay. So, number nine. It's funny that you had two at 10 because I had two at nine. Um, <laughs> And this was mostly because I realized after I had put my list together that I had left this person off. And again, didn't really watch him. Because they went to NC State? No. Uh, Okay. Just let me get through my thing. (laughs) So, okay. Uh, Isaiah Thomas, the original, not not the new one. Okay. And I say... like He's kind of got an asterisk because I never really watched Isaiah Thomas play... But because of some of the other people on my list, I felt like I, I had to put him on there. You know, like I couldn't I couldn't put Michael Jordan on here and then ignore the fact that, you know, Isaiah Thomas basically never won a championship because of Michael Jordan. <laughs> so so Isaiah Thomas and because, yeah, I can't have an entire list without an <laughs> NC State guy. Spud Webb. What? Insert crickets here. What? Do you not know who Spud Webb is? No, I know who he is, but I mean, he's like he the w- shortest dude to win the dunk contest. Come on. 
I mean, he gets props for that. That's about it. All right, whatever. Next. Um, he, my number look, nine. I, he, he split a spot, okay? Okay. My number nine is pretty simple because dude would just, he would just wet the net Dan Marley. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. All right. Why, why do I, have, I have a couple white people on my list, man. Well, yeah, but so I just, I don't know. I I was having a really hard time thinking of any white guy. <laughs> Because <laughs> I mean, like, uh, I, I, we could talk about it afterwards. Because I don't, I don't want to ruin lists or anything. But okay, uh, so number eight for me, uh, I don't know. Like, I just I remember watching this guy play, and he always seemed very smooth. Uh, Reggie Miller. Okay, I, I respect that. My number eight is Patrick Ewing. See, and I knew that you were gonna put a Nick. <laughs> On here somewhere. I mean, I and I started thinking like, I mean, who's how many Knicks are going to be on here? Yeah, is this going to be ten Knicks players? Like, is it going to be Carmelo, 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 Patrick Ewing, Carmelo, Carmelo? <laughs> like... <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> uh, number seven, one of my favorite players to watch. It's just just nasty, Allen Iverson. Wow, we're like kindred spirits. My number seven is Iverson and Rashid Wallace. Okay, yeah. See, and you fucking Rashid Wallace. You know, <laughs> Some of them I just could be like, uh No, I know, uh, and I and it's funny because I was I was pulling for Detroit when Sheed was there, and they were winning with like because uh, who was it? Ben Wallace um, and and all those guys. Because my dad, being you know from Detroit, was always kind of a Pistons fan, so it was great to watch them win championship um but yeah she i mean she was a good player i can't really take anything away i only hate on him because he went to carolina um <laughs> number six i mean i like just kind of mr consistency for a long time there tim duncan um you know in san antonio there i just i got I, I, I mean you win that many championships it's hard to leave you off of a top 10 list in my mind but I can. Yeah, obviously. Of course. I respect the Tim Duck. I think like in the NBA, I really liked him, but I like the whole Wake Forest thing, bitter pill against UNC. Why do you think CP3 is not on my list? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> uh, Dwayne Wade, number six. See, and Wade is probably like number 11 on mine. No no yeah. disrespect to, to him, uh, but I just, yeah, I... I Dwayne Wade's a good. A this good. transition game is nasty, yeah. I'm yeah, sorry. That is that is good. Uh, number five, number four, and number five was kind of like where. How do I how do I pick an order here? But uh, number five was Kobe Bryant. Okay, I see you there. Number five for me is Steph Curry. Not Seth. Steph, <laughs> are you trying to correct Seth. me in public? Yo? <laughs> no, <I> just... <laughs> <laughs> Steph Curry, number five. Yo, dude is nasty, man. He like is. I, I want to not like him sometimes, but I just like the guy. See, I, I think while, his game is insane. While you don't want to like him, I simply don't like him. I just, I don't know what it is, but I, it's like the the. There's... He's one of the few players, like their personal life, I'm actually interested in. Like I think he's just a real stand-up guy, and his game is a reflection of like 
just some type of balance he's found in the NBA. A lot of people strive to find, you know, I, yeah, that, and, it just makes me really be like, Oh, he's not like a, he's not like a jerk or anything like that. And I don't, and, uh, yeah, I don't know anything about his personal life. So I don't, I mean like my criticism yeah. of him is completely unfounded in any sort of reality. It's, he, he, he's, he keeps hitting those threes. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's part of it. It's like there's a certain I don't know. There's a cockiness to it where it's like he doesn't look when he shoots the ball. Is he's that good, yo? I just played two K. I, I before mean, but I, I get that you can be that good. But see, and I, you know, him and Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes, I have the same issue where he's like, oh, you know, like the freaking the no look passes, and I'm like, okay, like can we just stop? Can we just stop with this now? But I yeah, I played two K before we recorded. Yeah, and uh, my practice squad is the uh, the is uh, Golden State. Yo, Curry's like killing my Knicks, man. It's just it's just it just makes me mad. But I respect his game. I'm like, I got to guard him like forty feet out. <laughs> I mean, he's literally the reason that the Warriors were the Warriors. Like without. Yeah. Without Steph Curry, the Warriors don't do what they did. So and Clay, and Clay's nasty too. But he I is, think but Clay's, Steph, I mean, Clay's a spot up shooter. Like Clay, yeah. Clay's not going to get his own shot. Yeah, like that's the thing. Uh, you know, like Draymond, good player, but is he a Hall of Famer? Uh, okay, I'll get, I think Clay is. But we'll. I digress. We'll come back to that. Okay, Who's number four. Number four. I, the biggest man on my list. The Shack Attack. I mean, come on. You you no. don't even have him on the list, do you? I'm not even telling you. I'm not, I'm not even telling All you. All right. Who's your number four? Mellow. Yeah. So is, are the next four all mellow? Is that what this is? <laughs> number three, mellow. Number yeah. two, mellow. No, number four is mellow. Uh, yeah. I, mad respect for mellow. Even when he played at the Nuggets, like I still follow dude. I hope he comes back next season. Uh, I think he's uh, one of the hardest working people in the NBA. And I think he's just been on some crappy, unsettled rosters for the most part. Don't hate. I don't have Melo on my list. And it's not, I didn't do it. I didn't do it on (laughs) purpose. I just, when I was putting my list together, Melo came up as an option. And I thought this will really piss Andre off. No. Um, (laughs) Number three. This one I had you you probably you're probably gonna laugh at me for who number three is, and it's not an NC State guy. Um but number three for me, like this was the guy that I just I loved when he when I first started watching the NBA. This was like this was my dude, huh? Carmelo. No, I already told you I hate Carmelo. <laughs> Charles Barkley. Oh yeah, yeah, I can see Sir that. Charles. I mean, like when he was in Phoenix, I just like I was all about the Suns at that point. I think it was like fourth grade. I had the hat. I had like I mean, I just I loved watching Charles Barkley play. In fact, I know this would be very hard for most of you to picture, right? But I'd like to think that I modeled my own game very much after Sir Charles. <laughs> Sands being able to get anywhere near the rim. What I mean by that is, as a shorter, smaller in stature kind of guy, <laughs> that is the most ridiculous crap ever. Yo. I always preferred 
to use, you know, like my immobility to my advantage. Right. <laughs> so I would just post up down low and squat. I mean, you get that backside going into them. And most guys are like, dude, what are you doing? And they'll give, and then you get that sky hook in. Oh, I got pretty good with the sky hook. I mean, that was, I, I have old man NBA game. Like, I'm like fadeaways and like, you know, I mean, cause I can't run, I can't dunk, like none of that, but, and I can't shoot threes, but yeah, I mean like I'll grab a rebound and put it back up, you know, like I'll, I'll, I'll muscle you out for position and you won't even know what happened. <laughs> and that's, so that's why I got Charles at number three. All right. Number three for me is uh, Kobe. I think, uh, and that was, that wasn't even a very hard one for me. Like, I used to always respect his game, but when I found out his last on his last run, he was getting all these surgeries just to stay in the game. I was like, yo, he, he must really love the game. He's at the gym four or five o'clock in the morning. I'm like, yo, so man, that's my own heart. He's putting in work. So I started to respect the game and the player just a little bit, a lot more. And uh, Kobe's number three. Yeah. Number two. I, I mean, again, right. Like two and one, this was, this is the debate, right? Oh man, this is, this yeah. is, I mean, this is what everybody is always kind of arguing, but at this point, I, I don't see any other way than for number two to be LeBron James. Ditto. I, I just can't. I mean, I, if, if he can win some more championships, uh, I don't think it's about the championships for me. I think, um, like he's one behind Jordan, right? Yes. He needs, he needs one more. He's Thanks. tied with Kobe. He needs one more. I think he's for him, it's going to be two. like how he finishes this championship. Because right now it's a two-one series. Um, I think by far he's like one of the most competitive people in the NBA. Uh, yeah. So I agree. Number two is LeBron. Number one, Jordan. Yep. I mean it's. Uh... I again, like I don't really know how you can really make any other argument. How you can make an argument for somebody else at this number point. one? I have Ty Lawson. Yeah, you do. It's, no, I don't. Yeah, I, actually, he was my number eleven. Tyler Hansborough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think Ty Lawson is like he was very close to being in my top ten. Like, yeah, he came out of college very strong and you know went to denver very strong i mean just yeah uh, he played great in denver i mean and i hated ty lawson when he was at carolina uh almost as much as i hated marcus page oh well i'm sure and uh, yeah i mean um i'm sure as you know it was really really difficult for me to keep tj warren off of my list um (laughs) but obviously like as much as i love tj and i think he has a lot of talent and hopefully gets the opportunity to be one of the best nba players in the future like he's got a little work to do before i can add him to a top 10 list with these guys yeah i mean overall pretty i mean pretty good list i'm disappointed that you didn't have a lot of white players um well i what did you want me to do my top 10 white nba players is that what i was i just wanted to you know you just wanted more white representation <laughs> I just no. I don't know. I mean, seriously, I'm, like, because like, I'm right what, didn't have Larry Bird on there. I would have been like, no, because eh, I never done. watched Larry Bird play. Like, I mean, Dirk Nowitzki. Dirk's actually pretty good too. He's, I mean, like, if we did a top twenty, he would be there. Okay, but that's what I'm saying. This is not this is not the pretty good list of the NBA players, right? This is no, not right, top right. twenty or top fifty. This is top ten. Like, 
yeah. that's where I I sat there like, all right, well, John Stockton was like the assist guy when I was, you know. John and- Stockton was nasty, you know. Uh, I mean, Dan Marley, like this guy would just like he would just whoop, he would wet the rim. I'm like, yo, can somebody stop him, yo? Yeah, number yo. eleven was Tony Kukoc. Though, so, oh really? No. <laughs> <laughs> Now we're just going for silly. <laughs> uh, was, what uh, was it? Anderson, the bird man. The, the, oh, God, he was, the he crazy was, hair and the tattoos. He was a defensive like nightmare, but he I was, mean, yeah. Outside of that, I, I didn't take him seriously. Cooking. Have you tried any good food lately, yo? Um, you know, when we were down in the beach, down in the beach, down at the beach. Uh, this weekend, they have a gelato place on the Carolina Beach Boardwalk called uh, Latella, I think it is. Um, and it's not all vegan, but they do have several vegan options. I got their strawberry lemonade, uh, which was really, really good. Um, Helena got their mermaid something, which was not vegan. And it was basically like the bubblegum blue colored ice cream. With it had these like edible gold pearls and yeah I don't know she loved it but it wasn't really my speed. What about you? I'm ninety nine point nine eight percent on the way to the perfect seitan meat substitute. I don't think you're ever gonna get there. I don't feel like at this point you have the confidence in yourself. I have validation from my wife. Well, just say like every week we come back and you're like, I am another point zero zero one percent closer to perfect. Like at this rate, it's going to be like 2031. Yeah. I mean, at least two more years before you. (laughs) Dude, I am like uh, I made it on Saturday and I cooked it last night for dinner. And. My wife is like, this is really good. Like, I'm like, really? Because, you know, I'm kind of testing the waters here with, like, what she really needs. Like, do you really mean that? Or are you just, like, trying to be nice? She's no, this is, like, the best one you've ever made. It's, like, really good. So, I'm like, cool. That's always nice when you get, like, a legit, not that bullshit. Yeah, legit critic. This this is garbage. (laughs) (laughs) Throw the scrap away. (laughs) I didn't get a, this is garbage, throw this away, or no, I don't want this. Uh, it was actually, I mean, it looked like meat, bro. It, when you cut it, it tore like meat. It cut like meat. And the taste was like spot on. So yeah. the only thing I've got to figure out is how to uh, make the slices like more um, like portion for a meal. Because I think the, the slices were too thick and they probably, like I was, when I cooked them, I fried them. I had to cook every corner and that just kind of, I don't know if it gave me the right feel of it for me personally. That's probably the 0.02 that I'm missing um, or 0.002. So I've got to figure that part out. Then I'm going to share that recipe, man. It was so good. I, um, I made some, we've been trying to do some more like, cause when I first got into eating vegan, it was mostly about like finding vegan things that I liked. Right. Um, (laughs) Now I'm trying to adapt to finding healthier vegan options that I like, right? right? Because eating baked potatoes and French fries for three meals, you know, and like Dr. Prager's burgers are great, but they're not the healthiest thing for you. And so 
we've been trying to do some different things uh you know more like baked potatoes uh, a lot of sauteed spinach um but i did this really what i I really like this baked tofu recipe that i did where it was like maple syrup and amino liquid which i have like the coconut amino liquid so it's basically like soy sauce but um coconut based and then some different seasonings and stuff like that and then you're supposed to let it sit overnight i only let it sit for like a couple of hours because i was cooking it for dinner that night and it was still really really good i think if you let it sit overnight it'll get even better so i'm excited to try that again but the other thing that i made recently that has been my new like absolute favorite thing is is quinoa salad Mm -hmm. so i did quinoa in the pressure cooker and then it's just like basically a bunch of vegetables. So peppers, onions, uh, cucumbers, uh, avocado, black beans, chickpeas, maybe some other stuff. I feel like there were other things that I put in there, but then do a dressing that I like a house made dressing, um, like a lemon vinaigrette. And it's really good when I first have it, then it sits in the fridge and gets even better. And I've used it. I've now made two batches of it and used it to do like six or seven different types of meals out of it. So like the first one was just the quinoa salad. Then I did a wrap with some spinach. Then I did, um, I had some chickpea pasta that I like rotini pasta that was already cooked. And so I just tossed that with it and did like a pasta salad. That was fantastic. Um, and then what I do today, I did a, a hero. So I had some leftover and I put some hummus inside the uh, pita and then just dumped a bunch of that stuff in there. And I mean, like, it, I don't know, it's just got really good flavor to it. You know, yeah. I it's I'm finding it less difficult, I guess, to eat the healthier things now. Like, it's funny how the like the healthier vegan things in my op- in my mind taste better than all of the healthy like diet stuff that i used to eat before i became vegan. yeah like i love like i love vegetables and I, and I tell you before i've been eating a lot more zucchini and zucchini was never really on my radar before in my life I'm like, yeah eh, i don't like with zucchini um but i actually really enjoy vegetables there's a place called uh simply greek i believe off of um huh i want to say wake forest in raleigh okay i've gone there a couple times for lunch and uh oh my gosh like yeah, totally lint like get a lentil pita bowl, really great. Um uh, uh which is awesome. It's got a lot of cool Greek or Mediterranean vegetables, like some I've never heard of. But I'm like, load it up, put it all in there. I don't really care. It looks great. Yeah. Um Kudoba, and they should change their name too. Like they have uh impossible uh meat at their at their uh little fake uh what is that place called? Gosh, what's the place that guy went to? He had like a thousand burritos. Oh, uh, Chipotle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like the fake discount Chipotle. Like, I don't like Chipotle, Moe's, or Cadova. Like, I like Cadova now because they've got impossible meat. Um, yeah, I stopped on the Chipotle after like the last, you know, report that they had a bunch of nasty stuff in their food. Um, yeah. I'll, we'll do Moe's occasionally, but like at this point, I find uh, unless I'm just desperate for like mexican-esque food i'll i'd so much rather make it at home yeah i'm not i've never been in the tex-mex i still like uh in the the correction that on that restaurant's called the simple greek it's really good it's off of uh uh where is it off of it is off of wake forest it's by uh 
Mama Nora's, Mommy Nora's in, uh, in Raleigh. So they've actually built that part of town up pretty nice. Uh, there's this whole like shopping plaza with like 30 restaurants there. Is that near uh, the Weaver Street Market? Uh, it's down there? It's next to Five Points. I believe oh, okay. so. Yeah. But it's really good. Uh, big fan. But yeah, their lentils are, it's like, it's just great. So highly recommend that. So if you're ever in that part of town, but for the most part, I've been doing a lot more cooking at home, just like, you know, probably it's like, yeah, there's not much out there, you know? Yeah. Um, I'd, especially since we started doing like our menu board stuff and being yeah, able to plan. I might, I might try that. I don't know. Um, huh. It's, yeah. it, it took a little getting used to, um, and we've tried some like different variations of it. Like Christy made this really nice one that had uh, clothespins and like each day of the week and a lunch and dinner. And then she made all these little cards and all stuff and then little rings to put them on. But like trying to manage all of those things individually became kind of cumbersome. And yeah. so we've been working on some like some wooden versions or doing just like a chalkboard, you know, where you could basically just write them up. Now we're just using sticky notes um, <laughs> to basically map out like Monday through, you know, Sunday. Simple uh, works. Yeah. Simple works. Exactly. Um, but yeah, it's nice because, you know, for the most part, what we try to do is Saturday night or Sunday morning, put together the menu for the week. We'll do our grocery shopping based on that. And then, you know, you've kind of got, most everything that you need lined up for the week um you know and yeah. then if we need or can or just feel like doing some meal prep stuff on sunday then you can like if we were doing mashed potato bowls later in the week we may make the mashed potatoes or go ahead and boil the pasta like things like that make spaghetti sauce so that it can sit um so you're not having to rush and try and do yeah. that so it, it can simplify things a little bit nice. no i'm not laughing at you i'm just laughing because like in my house, things don't work that way. Uh, we have a teenage daughter, and I think she lives here, but she's always hanging out with her friends. Uh, <laughs> so it's like, yeah, we're, we're kind of, uh, we're, I guess we're getting a preview of what it's going to be like when she goes to college. It's like, what are we going to eat? I don't know. What do you want to eat? Um, well, that's the other thing that I like is it, it starts to eliminate that conversation. Oh, I hate that conversation. It's not one of my my favorites like, because a lot of the times at like you know five thirty six o'clock you're sitting there going I don't want to think like I've been thinking all day my brain is yeah. just it, the last thing I want to do is make another decision right now so yeah. being able to turn and go what's for dinner tonight oh yeah it's what's on the menu <laughs> and it's like I don't want yeah, to eat that <laughs> we, yeah we had our uh, date night kind of early this month like last Friday and we went to uh, Toronto's kind of Curry. early. <laughs> first friday of the month <laughs> you're like the guy you're that like... takes all of his vacation in january <laughs> every year i try to save it for as long as i can this time i made it to the third week in january <laughs> we screwed like i was like man that was so lazy but it was so good uh the thing i like about tomatoes is that like you can tell it's a legit place because you actually see hispanic people there yeah like if there's no hispanic people in your like whatever Mexican restaurant you're in, you're probably at the wrong place. Just That's why I, I miss La Cocina, man. Like, yeah. I mean, then the Los Trace that was right by my house got converted into a Mi Cancun. Oh, really? Yeah, they closed down the Los Trace that was there. Uh, I know, like, the other Los Traces are still open, but that one's closed. Wow. So, yeah, it's, I'm, I don't know. There's not much in terms of Mexican food around here that I, that I truly enjoy much anymore. I mean, I'd, Generally, we haven't, like you said, we really just haven't been eating out very much lately. Right. 
So. Mm. Well, guys, uh, we've talked about a, a lot of stuff again this week. I'm so proud of Chris. You guys are probably listening to episode 37 like today or tomorrow. So uh, yeah, tomorrow. Good job, Chris. Because I mean, you you probably listened to the trailer. Uh, yeah, for those of you catching up, <laughs> that's what I've done finally. Um, so. As as Andre always likes to say, thank you for doing your job, and so you're welcome. Um, but yeah, it it wasn't that hard, but I finally got around to doing it. I just, I mean, it was just time. I don't know. This last episode went really fast. I don't know exactly what it was, but um, I'm proud of you, man. Yeah, you know, like uh, we all we all have our moments. What can I say? Well, I can relate. I've been trying. I've got like multiple projects where they're just like not up in the air, but I'm trying to. Uh, reallocate my time so i can spend the right amount of time on especially the big ones like i'm working on a building an api right now um and still for undis unnamed project that's out in the wild but i will not promote my own stuff on our podcast um but working on the api which is exciting because that's the fun part for me <laughs> you know yeah doing mock-ups painful <laughs> doing code fun um <laughs> Mockups painful, hurt my head, um, a little bit of profanity every now and then, but I'm not a graphic designer, nor have I played one on TV, but, um, but I get it. You know, sometimes you just have to, you know, get your time back in the right spot, you know, trying to work out more, trying to find normal in a, a time of like, I think people are just resistant to the fact that this is actually normal right now. And I think subconsciously or psychologically, we're starting to, you know, we're, we continue to resist against it as opposed to like going with the flow and, you know, adjusting. So, um, yeah, that's a, that was an eye opening realization for me. It's like, no, this is kind of it for right now. <laughs> like you got, you just got to gotta move, you got to move through that. Yeah. So, uh, like next, um, but yeah, so I'm glad you guys joined us. I'm glad we're caught up. So that means that we'll definitely get this episode, this episode, episode 38, out this week. Uh, no pressure, Chris. No, none whatsoever. This isn't yeah. the fourth quarter with no timeouts. Yeah, don't throw an interception. No, so. I'm I'm gonna do like my new hero, Devin Leary, uh, <laughs> and drive the team down the field for a touchdown. I'll go ahead <laughs> score uh, with little time left. You know, it's funny. I heard a, a commentator. He mentioned Gore on a, a like a, during one of the games. Yeah, and he, he said Gore used to put the team on his back in my brain. <laughs> his kids playing in the in college now. Oh yeah, yeah. So somebody was saying the other day they hope that it, he holds out long enough that he and his son can be the first two like father son running back duos in the NFL or something like that. That's That'd ridiculous. I can't believe Frank Gore is still playing football. That crazy guy. <laughs> but yeah, he did. Go. He used to put the team on his back. Yeah, uh, but as always, uh, as always, verbal typo. Uh, you can catch us on Spotify, Pandora, Apple Podcast. Uh, uh, what Google Play Music, which is going to be YouTube Music, uh, TuneIn Radio. Uh, I think that's it. I feel yeah. like Pandora if, if we didn't say that one. Yeah. So you're listening to us right now, and we're probably somewhere else that you want to listen to us. We're probably there too. So you Unless look around. Somehow we got syndicated and we don't know it. Oh, uh, yeah. That'd be weird. Uh, 
That'd be really weird. Like, what's going on? Um, so we're always glad that you're listening to us. You can always email us at the Chris and Anders show at gmail.com. Uh, one of us will answer. We'll, you can find us on the evil Facebook or in the Twitter sphere. Uh, you'll find Chris the, here. The equally evil Instagram. Oh, don't pretend like you weren't on Twitter recently posting stuff. I, I saw post, that. I posted one thing. Thank you very much. <laughs> I logged in today and I'm like, I don't remember. Oh, this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to sit here and talk all this shit. But I, but I knew it was you because at the same time, I happened to be listening to the last episode where you're like, well, occasionally I log into the, the Twitter feed and I'm I'm not wrong. And I'm like, yeah, it's not wrong. But here I am going to retweet something. <laughs> I know. What's up with Jay Balvin and McDonald's? They're going to have like... Uh... When is the Cardi B uh, Wap Burger? Oh no, I, she's gonna, she's gonna part, partner with Burger King for the new Whopper. <laughs> I mean, they're just going all in here, man. Just like, yo, can we pander anymore? Um, anyway, but yeah, every now and then we'll hang out on Twitter, uh, Facebook, Instagram. We love to get feedback. Hit us up. You know, reach out to us. We love to get your comments. If you go to our blog at chrisandandershow.com, we have stuff we write about. Chris loves to do movie reviews now. That's his new thing. Yeah, that's all and I'm doing. I actually did start working on uh, part three of my How a Podcast Gets Made episode, so you might see that sometime in the near future. Cool. So, I mean, that that's our long-form ideas that may not fit into the show. <laughs> long-form, my movie reviews. They're like five sentences. <laughs> and sometimes mental, like... Uh, <laughs> versions of epilepsy i don't i don't know <laughs> what does that mean mental, i don't know mental versions of epilepsy wow so we're i'm sorry for all of you epileptics that got offended out there just now oh yeah great now i'm doing chrisism is those yeah chrisisms chris chrisisms <laughs> chrisisms Chris-isms. Chris-isms. yeah ver- verbal typos all day today so we're glad that you join us and please we're we're gonna keep doing this as long as you well actually as long as we want to yeah because, we don't care I mean we do but we don't we're just gonna keep doing it whether yeah, you listen fun. or not <laughs> yeah. we'd love to hear your comments if you shared retweet blah 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 well, all those other nice cool technical things Hit let subscribe us literally everywhere um, give us a five stars review whether you like us or hate us we promise we'll go out. away. We're we're we have no supporters or advertisers, so um, no, we are we n- no safety net here. Yeah, we it's are, all about our pocket. We are flying but high all- on the trapeze. <laughs> <laughs> but as always, we appreciate you hanging out with us. And I'm Andre, and I'm Chris, and we'll talk to you soon. Did you hear about the pastry who got good grades? They say he even made the honor roll.